Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Out of here! Welcome to the big leagues! Deep to center field, and it is gone! Wow, his first big league swing is going to be a grand slam home run. Swing and drive! It's Tuesday, October 3rd, and it's around 2.40 p.m. as we're recording this Eastern time. I, the sun's setting for Jack on, on, on the other side of the world where he's at, but it's postseason baseball time. We're not here to talk about that, of course. We're here to talk about the Arizona Fall League. We got part two here on the call-up of really just breaking down each of these rosters by MLB affiliate and you know what affiliates comprise each roster. We had opening day of the Arizona Fall League yesterday, some fireworks there. So we'll open up with that, a little discussion there. Also, before I kick it to you, Jack, I finally got that piece of on Jackson Job out. I would love for you all to check that out. It's linked in the episode description. It really is a full breakdown on his entire arsenal. He threw yesterday as well, so we'll talk about that. But a full breakdown on his entire arsenal uh, with quotes from him, things that he has changed you know, with his grip of the, the changeup, how it's reflected in the data, you know, that's under the hood that you're not able to see. And, and then also, you know, the new cutter, some of the new things that he's done with video in it. So check out that piece. Probably one of my uh, proudest works I think I've put out this year. And and thank you for, for editing that, Jack. So uh, he was awesome again. Surprise, surprise in the Arizona Fall League on opening day yesterday. He's really good, man. Like he is, he and Skeens are probably the two best minor league pitchers in baseball heading into next year, I think. And then Painter, yeah. Yeah. Like Painter got his TJ late. I think it's Andrew Painter. I think if everybody was fully healthy, Andrew Painter is the best yes. pitcher in minor league baseball right now, but he's not. And he won't be probably all star break ish in 2024. Um, that's being hopeful because he got the surgery, I want to say in June. They put it off for two months. Um, but I do think that it's Skeens until proven otherwise, 
Job is right there, man. And I'll take Job over Kate Horton at this very moment because of the things that are so well said in the article yeah. that he said and that you conveyed. He has managed to turn his changeup into a really plus pitch and this cutter into a plus pitch. The cutter didn't exist no. when we last saw him throw before the back thing. So, yeah. like, I don't know. You, you've got a guy with four legitimate plus offerings that doesn't miss the strike zone and doesn't miss his spots within the strike zone. How is that not one of the better pitching prospects in baseball? I think it's him and Skeens at the top. I'm I'm with you. I'm all in at this point. And then, and by the way, dude, he also saw a velo jump. Yeah. So it, we talked about all of that, the mechanics, the, and all the things that have been cleaned up. He he hit 98 three times yesterday, and and he threw four innings. It was four innings of scoreless ball, two hits, two walks, four Ks. Two walks for him is like a lot nowadays because yeah. he, in in including the rehab starts, it was 84 Ks and six walks or something like that, like something ridiculous like that. And there was a stretch of 60 Ks, three walks, just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, before we get into these rosters that you'll lead us through again, it was uh, the Chase DeLauder show in day one, yep. which is really fun. Uh, the, the Guardians prospect that we just talked about on the last episode and part one of this roster breakdown, you know, in the Arizona Fall League, it he hits a ball 436 feet right out to, to right center field. He also put another good swing on the ball. He's just an athletic hitter, man. Like this is a guy that gets away with a little bit of like a forward pushy type move that most hitters wouldn't be able to get away with because of how short and quick and powerful he is to the ball. I think there's even more in there, which is the craziest part. And then our friend Peter Flaherty at Baseball America just got some really good open side video on, on left-handed hitters. Got another one on Reggie Crawford. That's a league swing, man. The Guardians, or excuse me, the Giants prospect, Reggie Crawford. He's a two-way guy. But that is a big league swing. Um, this dude is he's got a legit chance to be a, a two way guy at the highest level because that swing plays and you get a lefty that's, you know, upper 90s. I, I am so excited. And we'll talk about him in this episode. So excited to see Reggie Crawford. So that's the thing, man. Like, I don't want him to bang the hitting. If he was going to choose one, I want him to be a hitter. Much like Brendan McKay. Honestly, when McKay was kind of coming up with Tampa, I was like, okay, if you're going to choose one, I want you to swing the stick because yep. you're so much fun to watch hit. Pitcher, you're good. You're left-handed. I get it. You can make money. Like, hey, you get up quicker, all that jazz, for sure. Reggie Crawford's a lefty that can run it up to the high 90s, for sure. But let me just say that it's really fun to watch him hit. And this guy has 30 homer potential if he commit to that. Now, yeah. Skeens, I think he knew that wasn't necessarily in the cards. This is a different beast with Reggie Crawford. We have yet to see what the deal is with Bryce Eldridge. And I think, like, I don't know, Mason Wynn never really had the pitching pedigree that Crawford did. Like, Reggie Crawford was a legitimate two-way guy. Yeah. So if he has to choose one with that swing, I hope he just turns into a first base masher, but it would be really fun if he did both. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. And and there's some volatility, there's some whiff, but I, I like how simple and short he started to get his moves. And then on the mound, like even if he's a reliever, it, that would be really fun. Lefty reliever who also rakes, like that would be a blast. So I'm interested to see how this, he's going to be one of the guys that I think is the more fascinating to follow. And he always can fall back on the, hey, I can just bang this if it doesn't work on the pitching side and, and lean into, you know, the, the hitting side of things. So as we did last episode, Jack kind of just want to walk us through, you know, these, these rosters that we have left. Of course, we didn't get through all of it because we never do in one episode, yeah. but um, 
It was it was a nice little appetizer yesterday of all the talent that we have out there in the Arizona Fall League. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of highlight some of these other guys that we didn't quite get to in the last episode. I will say one more thing, though, uh, and I guess we'll get to that in this episode. The piggyback in the AFL of Job than Wilmer Flores is insane. Uh, Crazy. That is, I mean, that is such a ridiculous amount of pitching talent that we didn't really have last year when I was out there. Like that piggyback alone is just wild. So uh, very pumped about the, the pitching side of things out there too. Uh, and, and Brian Ramos had a nice swing on a double that I was really excited about. So I, I could talk about all the swings yesterday. I, I went back and watched them all, but we'll, we'll be doing more macro recap. I love it. Um, yeah. So we're going to jump in with, with Job and Wilmer Flores here. Um, the Salt River Rafters, they're comprised of Arizona, Atlanta, Colorado, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. Let's start with Arizona. They send Caleb Roberts, a catcher. They send Ivan Melendez, an infielder, outfielder AJ Vukovic, and their pitching group that they send is Carlos Meza, Christian Montez de Oca, Austin Pope, Jake Rice, and Blake Walston. Walston, a guy that is very apparent. He spent the whole year pretty much in Reno. Uh, Vukovic, a name that I know you really liked. And Ivan Melendez, man, I, I guess we're in the results of results camp. Yeah, and, well, and the beautiful thing with Melendez is I just want to go see batting practice. Um, yeah. You know he's going to be in the derby out there, which will be out there for that, of course. Uh, I, I'm pumped about that. I, I think that the Diamondbacks sent a fun crop because there's, there's a few guys – that I think, and this is going to be the trend, right? Where we're going to talk about guys that deserve more shine, guys that are underrated. That generally tends to be the case with with Arizona Fall League prospects. You'll get some really big name guys, and then you'll get some underrated guys. I think Caleb Roberts is a perfect example of that. He, uh, South Florida kid, St. Thomas Aquinas, the, the football powerhouse. Uh, but he, he was Bosa's. a baseball player there. Of course. Yeah. I mean, he, he I think was a couple grades below them, but yeah, home of the Bosa's and 20 other NFL players, but Michael Irvin as well. Uh, but Roberts went to UNC as a catcher, like, you know, swung it always pretty well, but then really had things click at the end of his collegiate career was, was a, a mid round pick. And I think really burst onto the scene with, with the power stroke this year. And I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's kind of turning himself into, you know, somewhat of a, of a prospect in that system, even if he doesn't stay behind the dish and, and ends up now playing more outfield as he has, he's definitely someone that I'm, you know, still interested in seeing and, and excited to see more of. Of course, Melendez goes without being said. That's a guy that, you know, you always want to see how much juice is in there. Uh, but Vukovic is probably the the, the top name to watch here uh, yeah. because of how athletic he is, because of the solid season that he had. You know, he's a volatile prospect, given that he comes with some swing and miss. He's an extremely aggressive hitter. But he is a freak athlete. He played three sports. He was signed out of high school, you know, overslot, fourth round pick. And this year was encouraging for me because I was you know, concerned about some things. I didn't know if he was going to hit enough. The underlying data was a little concerning. And he put up an 818 OPS. He stole plenty of bags. He hit some homers and he played all over the diamond. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing Vukovic in person and seeing kind of, you know, what he looks like if he's more of that you know, closer to a top 10 prospect in that system or, or more on the outside, I would say he's more like a top 10 guy. And then Walston, man, I don't know how to feel about him. I know you've seen plenty of Walston. Like he's had to pitch in shitty environments. So I give him some, you know, cut him some slack there. He finished the year pretty well overall, like a lot of just four or five inning starts at three earned runs, which is like, just comes with the territory of the PCL, but he's still super young. He's just 22 years old. 
Um, the stuff doesn't jump off the page. I'd just like to see a little bit more pitchability if you're not going to be much more than a low 90s guy uh, that, you know, just kind of needs to finesse to get out, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing that jumped out to me was like, this guy was punching out 6.3 hitters per nine. He was an innings eater, yes. But if I've got a legitimate starting pitching prospect on a team that is in a wild card series right now, um, I want a guy that's striking out. Like, even if he is pitched to contact, that number's got to be like eight, maybe eight and a half. Quinn Priester's like nine and a half. And that's the kind of the like, pitch to contact guy that I want to see. Yeah. The other top 100 guys in a consensus are all strikeout pitchers. That's just where we're at in baseball. But if you are a pitch to contact guy, I want to see that K rate around eight, eight and a half per nine, 6.3 per nine is not going to cut it, especially when you're walking five and a half per nine. That's too. the thing. I mean, he's walking almost as many as he's, as he's striking out. Somehow yeah, it was like out. 145 innings, 105 punch outs and 95 walks. Yeah. And, and he comes with draft pedigree, but um, you know, he's a guy that's kind of slipping for me. I just, I just don't really see it, but again, things can click. He just turned 22. He's six, five. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if they tweak anything and if he, you know, tries to find something out there. Yeah. Um, all right. Jumping to Atlanta here. They do send a catcher in Tyler Tolvey, David McCabe and Kishon Ogans are their uh, infielders. They send no outfielders and their pitching crop. Dylan Dodd, wouldn't you know, Patrick Halligan, Jake McSteen, uh, Brooks Wilson are the pitchers. Dodd being here is like Owen White in the Futures game. It's like, well, yeah. do you qualify? Are we sure? But we're also talking about Canario being here as well. So well, he got um, scrapped last minute, by the way. Dodd did. He got he got scrapped. Canario did. So it, it's now. Christian. Oh, Canario got scrapped. Yeah. Canario okay, got scrapped so last minute and now it's Christian Franklin. OK, cool. That, that's a little bit more intriguing because there's some unknown there. Canario, we saw him thrive in AAA and we saw him get up and not play in Chicago. With Dodd, it's just kind of weird. This no. this guy was like on the opening day roster, and now he's in the fall league. I'm with you. I mean, it's weird for Dodd. I, I guess you know, for him, if if I'm not mistaken, did he not have some some injuries at points this year? Did he not miss? I think he did. Bit? It was I, finicky. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they want to build him up. You know, obviously this was a guy that looked awesome that we were talking about making the opening day roster and, and doing all these things and and just really struggled. But you know, I still think he's a guy that can get out. So similar to the point of what we were talking about with with Walston. He was doing the things that we kind of wanted to see from Walston, as we were just saying. So I still think that there's a depth arm in there. And I really think that they just want to kind of figure out where they're at with him and you know who he is, because it was just such a weird year um, after you know the, the finish to last year, spring training and then the start to this year. Um, so I, it makes sense. There's always a couple guys. Remember, Lars Newbar was out there, too. Like there's always a couple yeah. guys that get the big league, you know, the big league guys that end up getting out there. But it, it is interesting. Um, Darius Vines is is a solid arm. Um, and, and this is just another example of a guy that probably would have been one of the best arms out there last year. And Vines, it, this is somebody that just kind of fills the strike zone up. Um, yeah, has has started to get more whiffs, but also another dude that saw big league action this year, uh, that has a really good changeup. So I'm interested to see you know what what their plan is here. I think they're trying to figure out which of these arms are going to be part of next year and which of the others might be used as trade bait, you know, to clear up some 40 man space. Um, Cause vines and Dodd are two big league guys. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Yeah, I, I didn't even have Vines on the initial roster release put out by the Fall League. So um, Vines, I like that move because he was dealing with injury for a good bit. He threw like 30, 35 innings in Gwinnett. He threw 20 innings in the big leagues. Vines performed really well in AAA from what I saw. So uh, I was a big fan of him in AAA this year. And then um, jump, yeah. one last one real quick. Sorry, David McCabe um, had a pretty nice year. Switch hitter, corner guy, pretty big dude, uh, burly. Hits the ball hard and he's patient at OPS over 100 at the lower level or over 800, excuse me, at the lower levels. And in the brave system, they just some of these guys tend to just ease their way up. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a piece. So uh, this could be a piece. Yep. Uh, all right, jumping to Colorado here. They send Drew Romo, the switch in catcher and the young catcher. They send Sterling Thompson, the infielder. Um, they also send Benny Montgomery. And their pitching group is Alec Barger, Jaden Hill, Chris McMahon, Juan Mejia, and Case Williams. Starting with Romo uh, and Thompson and Montgomery, this is a great offensive trio that they're sending and a fascinating one has Benny kind of scrapped that hitch that you were worried about a little bit, or does he still have it? Like, yes. Like it, it's like every time I check in, it's less and less and less, but there's still just like this discomfort in his timing mechanism that I just, it's hard to put into words. It just seems like he wants to do something with those hands. Um, so it, that part has been interesting. You know, I, it, I'm glad that he got rid of the very dramatic hitch, but this is, you know, when you're talking about a guy that got rid of a big hitch and is trying to to kind of find the moves that work for him, it makes a ton of sense to send him out there. He really limped to the finish line. Uh, Benny Montgomery did. Buck 74 uh, with a 526 OPS over his final 30 games. So I think this is somebody that obviously for, former first round pick, they, they, they just want to get him, try to get him right and and probably tweak some things and, and experiment out there because, I mean, he's... Unfortunately for Benny, it's at the experimental phase with him where, you know, you're going to have to try to you know, do whatever you can and, and try some uncomfortable setups, moves, things like that to try to f- try to find it. Start about Romo. Yeah, oh, Romo, yeah, or Thompson or Romo. Who, who are you more excited about? I'm more excited about Romo because I, I like the three homer output from him it's in so what, multiple games. He had multiple three homer games after he had like five home runs in total through the first four or five months of the season. Romo fascinates me because that is, I think, one of the very few places aside from literally everybody on the hill that Colorado doesn't have a pencil in answer for. I think Romo is the pencil in answer for what the future of the catching position looks like in Colorado at first base. It's Tolia slash Hunter Goodman. I think it's Hunter Goodman at this point. At shortstop, you know it's Tovar. At third base, you paid McMahon. In the outfield, you've got Bernabel, you've got Yankiel, you've got Veen, hopefully. At second base, you've got a top 10 prospect in Adeel Amador. So, Romo is that guy that factors into the future. Sterling Thompson is, whatever he becomes, great, we'll make room. Yep. Yep. And, And I'm with you. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I think the biggest part about this is that Romo started to really prove himself down the stretch. You mentioned that the, I mean, 13 home runs on the year is a big jump for him. And it's not like yeah. he was playing the whole year in the PCL. He did it in Hartford uh, and yeah. home runs aren't going to be a big part of his game, but you need to be able to sneak him out. And, and I think that's what he's found just enough juice to sneak him out now because he was a guy that was well below average EVs. Now they're, you know, at least average, which is 
all he needs because he's a great bat to ball guy. He's a switch hitter. And, you know, he sneaks with a little bit of carry more than you'd expect. Final 40 games of the year posted an 861 OPS. Uh, he, he started to walk a little bit more, which is really encouraging. He doesn't strike out. He's a good defender. Uh, he gets really high marks for the makeup. This is a candidate in the Arizona Fall League. It, there's different kind of guys, right? There's the injured guys who need more reps. There's the guys who are really struggling who just need more reps. And then there's the guys that, hey, this this dude might be just about ready to you know be fast-tracked to the big leagues. Or this guy is a half a step away from the big league. So he might not break camp, but we want to see a little bit more, see if there's a chance that he can break camp because camp's too short. And I think this is an example of that. I wouldn't be shocked if Drew Romo breaks camp, but I think this is also to comfort the Rockies in knowing that we can aggressively bring him up, you know, after a month of AAA, if that's the case. It's There's not that much more development that needs to be had in the PCL. Like how much more is he going to learn there versus what he'll just learn at the big league level? And I think this yep. is a spot for them to do that. So I, I'm excited to see Romo potentially, you know, be that guy as soon as early next year. And I love the way he finished the season. And then to wrap up Sterling Thompson, I mean, it was so fun watching this guy hit all year. I mean, a, a sneaky good pick by the Rockies out of UF. Uh, I think there were some questions about how much power would be there. You know, would, would there be that much to dream on? He doesn't have a, a true defensive spot where you feel great about it, but he's fine. Uh, but I, I think that there's some versatility here. He plays second. He plays the outfield. Uh, he can play you know, left field. The arm's not great. He can run. But I think the Rockies are just trying to figure out a little bit of, of what they've got here. And also, I think it's an instance of what's his defensive home. I think this is where we're going to see him you know, get a lot of reps in a specific spot. And it'll be a little bit more telling of where they plan on using him long term. It's worth noting that he played a lot of outfield at the end of the season, and in the first game at the Arizona Fall League this year, he played second base. So that that is an interesting aspect of this as well. Pitcher question, Jaden Hill, where are we at with him? Because this guy, I, I know the ERA was very high. I know that he was walking the world in high A. It was 43 innings across 10 starts for Jaden Hill. And he played so little at LSU. And he was still, what, a second-round pick by yeah. the Rockies out of LSU? And he immediately was shelved for about a year and a half. So where are you at in Jaden Hill's story, if there is one? You know, I don't I don't trust the Rockies to develop arms, but if you're going to compile a bunch of you know volatile arms, at least have them you know, have a lot of upside here. And I think there's no doubting the upside. He's a six four power righty. He was hurt again this year, though. The injuries are kind of concerning. Uh, the Tommy yeah. John wiped him out from potentially being a top ten pick at LSU, like you mentioned. The underlying data is crazy, man. I actually did this dive a couple weeks ago, and I was hoping that he'd be sent to the Arizona Fall League because fastball sits ninety five to ninety seven. He can run it up to ninety nine. His changeup is his most advanced pitch. If you probably told him, you, know, you have to throw a strike here or I'm going to whack you in the kneecap with a bat, I, I almost think he'd take a changeup grip and throw it. Like that, that was, That's where he's at, which is wild to me, but that is somewhat encouraging in a way. So, I mean, the fastball changeup combination alone, I think gives him a shot to be a really good reliever at the high leverage spot if, if that's where it ends up. I think this is a big league arm. I just I would love to see him be able to to start. And this is one of the names that I'm most interested in seeing because we haven't seen much. Yeah, we haven't seen much at all. Uh, jumping to Detroit, we have seen a good bit of a lot of these guys. They send Jace Young and How You Lee, who was acquired for the recently omitted from the wildcard yeah. roster, Michael Lorenzen, which was kind of crazy, but I almost get it from a 
you know, roster construction standpoint, they opted for Orion Kirkring over Michael Lorenzen. Uh, Justice Bigby, they also send, who I didn't think needed to get out here. This felt very Matt Mervis. Uh, and then they send Wilmer Flores, Jackson Job, Tanner Kolep, uh, RJ Pettit, and Dylan Smith. Big names here are Flores, Job, Bigby, Young, and Lee. Let's start with the bats. Bigby, are you with me? This guy did not need to go to the Fall League. Yeah, I don't think he needed to in terms of what he showed offensively. I, I this is another guy where I think it's it's the defense that they want to kind okay. of see a little bit more of because he moved from from first base, you know, corner and field to, to the outfield. So I'm with you though. Like I this is very Mervis, very yeah. breakout, shows everything, rakes at every single level. The one reason why I think that it's a little bit more justifiable is you know, he made some pretty big changes ahead of this year, and I think the Tigers want to really see if it's for real. But I'm with you; like he doesn't he doesn't really need to play that much more. I've I've seen enough to start him in AAA next year and and be ready to bump him up quickly. I'm guessing that defense had a big part in this, and from that lens, I can understand it. Um, the the Tigers may have sent the best crop, right? I, I I don't know if anybody sent more prospect talent. Jace Young finished the year on fire, amazing. And I think yeah. that's why they sent him here. There, there's some guys where it's like you want to keep riding that momentum and keep reinforcing the moves that you found with your swing. And Jace Young found a way to kind of lift more consistently. His approach got better. You want to just keep reinforcing that. And I, I was he was one of my more, more, more pleasant surprises because I had some concerns there. And he just finished on a torrid stretch. Another guy that could probably use the defensive reps too. He's not the best glove in the world, uh, but this guy's really turned into a legitimate bat for them. Uh, and and we know how highly regarded he was out of the draft. Don't have to talk much more about Job. I mean, he is, he's just going to get his innings work up a little bit more there. And uh, I think you could start him in triple next year if you wanted to. I don't know if they will, but yeah, good. Uh, Wilmer Flores was hurt. So it's great to see him, you know, getting more innings. He finished the year healthy and strong. That was great to see. He was one of the breakout guys last year. We talked about Flores on kind of the pitching prospects trending in the right direction episode and and for good reason. And then how you Lee, I, I guess because international signing guy that I, they didn't have in their system recently, they probably want to just see a little bit more of and, and had a nice year. He's just a good ball player. Who I I think people really slept on as a return for Lorenz, and it was a good get for them. I think there were some bigger names and prospect pedigree that were were could have been traded, but I think it says a lot about how Scott Harris feels about how you Lee that he was the guy that came back in that deal. And then Dylan Smith, he he's an arm man. Like there's a little bit of this like Xavier Curry to him, where the curveball is so good, the fastball is is not great, but it's a low release point, and you're like, can, can it can it play from there? Um, I don't know. I was a little bit higher on him before. He has had some decent stretches, but he was hurt for a lot of this year too. So another dude that's just getting more reps, but he came back off the injury with a a tick and a half up in the velocity department. So it it is good to see him back in the 94 range at the end of the season. I still think he's a decent arm. Got you. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see Job and Flores if they do piggyback. And how you lead, like... He's 20. He finished the year in high A. The numbers were very non, I don't want to say like not impressive. They were very pedestrian, I'd say, for that guy. Like he gave you exactly what 
you know, you'd want to see from a guy like that, but there was no overachieving there, I think. Um, but the good news is like, it's very low K rate. And that's kind of what jumps out to me is he seems safe already as a 20 year old um, jumping to Pittsburgh. That's the last one on this salt river team. They send Carter bins, a catcher. They send Jack Brannigan, an infielder, Jace Bowen, an outfielder, and the pitching group, Nick Tomkowski, Alessandro Ercolani, J.C. Flowers, Cameron Junker, and Tyler Samaniego. Um, Junker, older guy, throws mid-90s. J.C. Flowers, older guy, can run it up to the mid-90s. Tomkowski, older guy, low 90s. The name that jumps out here is Jack Brannigan. Uh, Brannigan, a guy that... You kind of made the entry into prospects lore, I guess, this year by posting a great year in the lower levels. Yeah. And Brannigan, I was, I was like, this is your spot to cook here with with the reliever names and stuff like that. But like the, there's really not much to cook on, unfortunately. But Brannigan is the name that I think a lot of people are excited about. I think Eric Alani has a teensy bit of, of prospect pedigree as well. Yeah. Brannigan is, is just a dude that I wanted to just see more of. You know, because I think it was just one of those situations where he wasn't a priority in the system when you come talk about the prospect lore, but he was performing at the lower levels and he was just kind of blocked. So this is an instance where he can get tested a little bit more in the following and see what you've got here. Because if he performs out there against some of the better arms, I know we say that it's not the best competition. That's for like double A guys. For guys who are playing in low A and, and high A uh, that didn't get a chance to get to double. This is an opportunity to kind of see, hey, is this guy, you know, a legitimate prospect for us that we should give, you know, consistent reps to at the double A level next year? And uh, I'm interested to see that because he, he was a pretty good. He was a Michigan guy, right? He was a Notre Dame guy that Notre apparently Dame ran it up guy. to 100 on the hill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some people liked him better as a as a pitching prospect. Which is interesting. Huh. But yeah. Here he is hitting and he's swinging it pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see Brannigan. But, yeah, there's not a not a ton of intrigue here. No, not at all. Um, all right, let's jump to Scottsdale, the Scorpions, who are comprised of San Francisco, Washington, the Angels, St. Louis, and Philly. The Angels, they send Sonny Deshera and Adrian Placencia. They send Yadiel Sanchez and their pitching group, Chase Chaney, Davis Daniel, Nick Jones, Luke Murphy, and Eric Torres. Sonny's getting to play more ball, man. Shout out, Sonny. Um, I think he got one off last night. Did he? Um, This system is not good. No. Really not good. No. Um, I mean, I'm always, I'll be happy to see Sonny Deshera if he's playing in a men's league in 20 years. I don't care. I'm I'm always excited to watch that guy play baseball. But the name of interest, I guess, would be Adrian Palencia. He was a, I think I'm pretty sure he was a million dollar international free agent, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, he was a million dollar international free agent. Didn't have a good year uh, this year, but had a good year in low A last year. So I think just some a guy with some prospect intrigue here that they want to get more reps for. I, other than exciting to see Sonny Deshera, I I I don't have much on JDL Sanchez. I know he's like a a pipeline top. 30 guy, <laughs> but you know, I don't have a ton on him. I'm pretty sure he was kind of stuck at the lower levels. He put up good numbers in low a uh, 853 OPS uh, did hit 11 home runs, 10 triples, 15 doubles. So and this could be one of those guys though, when I'm out there and I'm like, Whoa, he's good. You know, like that, that, that happens. So I don't have much on him, but I'm definitely going to make a note to, to look for him. Um, but he's not, you know, one of the guys that I'm like, you know, 
thinking about as I board the plane, like I'm pumped to see this guy play, but there's always guys that jump out to you. And I think that could be one of those guys because put up good numbers, good baseball body. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Jumping to Philly here, their group, um, they send Caleb Ricketts, a catcher, Oliver Dunn and Matt Kroon of the infielders. Gabriel Rincones Jr., who I know we've talked about in recent weeks, put up a great stretch in the uh, lower levels. And their pitchers, Andrew Barker, Jordy Martinez, Christian McGowan, Mitch Nunborn and Dominic Pipkin. Rincones, obviously the big name here. Uh, Gabriel Rincones, Gabriel Rincones has played 120 games, played 48 with low A Clearwater, and then uh, the rest of them with high A Jersey Shore. Uh, this guy, what, FIU guy? And um, I, he was really swinging it at the end of the year. He's got juice. He's got juice. And a good approach, too. I, I'm excited to see that this guy gets it off from the left side. And you mentioned it, like, finished the year pretty strong. Uh, Started to really run into some baseballs. 106 mile per hour, 90th percentile. The, the the power is much more prevalent in the underlying data than the production, and that's a perfect guy to send out here, right? Uh, see if you can start to lift more yeah. frequently. See how how more how more how much more frequently you can get that a swing off and, and create a little bit more lift because the whiff isn't bad. That the approach is good. Uh, there just seems to just be some inconsistency in being able to lift the ball uh, and tap into that power. It's all fields power too. So I'm, I'm eager to see this dude. I think he'll put on some special shows in NBP and he, he's only 22 years old. So definitely at the top of the the list of the, the Phillies guys, but Christian McGowan's an interesting arm too. And that's, I mean, the, the, the Phillies seem to have some of these types of arms that you you don't really have on your radar because they're not absolutely loaded. And then all of a sudden you know, they start getting outs. They keep getting outs. They keep getting outs. And I think this could be another one of those guys. I'm trying to pull up McGowan's numbers to like be specific here with how he did uh, this year between, Oh, he was hurt most of the year as well. So there's another guy that barely, you know, barely through this year has a chance to make up for lost time. Seventh round pick in 2021. Solid three-pitch mix, above-average fastball, slider, changeup. I don't have much on him. Haven't seen much of him, but you know, low to mid-90s fastball, 6'3 righty, trying to make up for lost time with a pretty good track record previously. Should be fun to see. He, he's been kind of screwed this year, or so far in his pro career, though. He's only thrown 38 innings as a pro, so definitely has some, uh, some, some time to make up for. All right, San Francisco with Scottsdale. San Francisco sends Zach Morgan a catcher. They send Reggie Crawford, who we mentioned, and Carter Howell. Um, they don't send any outfielders, but their pitching group, Will Bednar, Jack Choate, Marquez Johnson, Seth Lonsway, Ohio State kid, uh, and Hayden Winja. I think it's Winja. Crawford is the headliner here. Um, Bednar is a curious case. And as much as I can watch Will Bednar throw, the better I am because I want to understand why that guy has struggled in pro ball so far. It's been weird, man. Um, this, just the command hasn't been good at all. Uh, I know Which he's like, with- I, that was not on my bingo card when he was in Mississippi state. He seemed like such a safe bet. I, I will chalk it up. I I'll, I'll say, I think injuries were a big part of it. He was 93, 94 in college. You know, he's been banged up as a pro and he's been more 90, 91. Uh, this year, banged up again, barely through, and he was more, you know, a little bit more 91, 92, touching some threes. 
but just no command. And you know, that tends to happen with guys that have some arm issues, you know, trying to find that release. You naturally kind of lose your release a little bit, especially if it's a shoulder thing. And I think it was a shoulder thing for Bednar, where you, your your arm just kind of naturally starts, you know, dropping a little bit and you lose it. So I mean, that slider, we know how special it can be. And and that pitch alone can get him in a bullpen, but he's got to stay healthy and he's got to throw strikes. So this is kind of that, I don't, I don't want to say last gasp because he's 23, but in terms of like his prospect relevancy, this is kind of his last gasp uh, to, to try to get things together and build some momentum going into next year, both on the health side and just on the ability to throw. Who would have thought a college arm like Bednar, dude, would not throw above low A to this point. And again, I know injuries played a big part in that, No, but that's pretty shocking. No, it is shocking, man. And like you hope he doesn't fall into the Hunter Bishop camp where it was injuries and then when he wasn't fully healthy, he tried to push through it and then it was a lack of production. And like I, it was a perfect storm of things that dropped his prospect pedigree off of a cliff. And I hope that we're not at that point with Bednar. A great month can kind of change that and right the ship, but a rough month, man. And if something flares up, like we're kind of entering that point, which is crazy. And I would have never thought that. 100%. And then to wrap up on Crawford, um, he he threw a little bit more than he hit. Uh, that said, you know, he's got coming off of TJ and and I'm, I'm interested to see how the Giants just handle him in general. It's funny how much the Giants love these two-way guys. Yeah, fastball was up to 96 in the couple inning spurts that we saw him. Uh, He didn't get too much opportunity to shake the rust off swing wise. So uh, I'm I'm really excited to see him get consistent at bats because, I mean, that swing was shocking to me. Like it was a much more advanced swing than I was expecting uh, when we got that video from Peter Flaherty, and he can hit the ball real, real hard. So I'm interested to see that. I I mean, it was a 109 by the way off of the bat by by. Reggie Crawford on that single, he can hit the ball hard. So one, of course, I want to see Reggie Crawford, the pitcher. Two, I want to see Reggie Crawford, the hitter. And three, I just want to see how those two go together. Obviously, they're not going to show Otani him and run him into the ground. They're going to be very careful with him. But he only had 20 at-bats. So um, I think we've seen more from from the pitching side. It's a lefty that throws 96 with some decent stuff. So it, you, can, you can project that that's going to be interesting. But I want to see if this guy can make enough contact at 6'4", 240. And it looks like he might be able to. Yeah. St. Louis, Louis has a couple of uh, interesting characters, I'd say. St. Louis is sending Jimmy Crooks, the catcher. They send Jeremy Rivas, the infielder. Victor Scott, the minor league leader in stolen bases. Then they send Andre Granillo, Cooper Jerpy, Edwin Nunez, uh, Inohan Panagua, Panagua, and then TK Roby. Um, Victor Scott, Cooper Jerpy, TK Roby are the big three for me. I need Victor Scott on the call up, man. I got to know like, Hey, so how are you this fast? And then just pose the question to him like that. <laughs> that would be like the between two ferns type of question. Like, I don't even know if he knows how to answer that. <laughs> if you ask hey, me, man, you, how you run fast? quick thoughts. <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, I always have, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I drank, I drank my milk growing up. <laughs> I would love to, to talk to him though, because I just like the idea of you got to have a goal in mind. You got to have just a, uh, a desire to to just pace minor league baseball and stolen yeah. bases. Like, guys are tired. I was trying to talk a couple of different minor leaguers into stealing more bases, a couple of different power guys. I'm like, dude, if you steal some bags too, you saw Troy Johnson, like that what he was able to do to steal 20 bags, like that was really cool. It just it it, it helps your profile a little bit and it's fun to fill up the stat sheet. And they're like, nah, man, like it's exhausting. Yeah. 
Yeah, like if I, I'll be gassed. My back like hurts, I'm just, bro. Yeah, I'm trying to hit, man. Like I, I'm not. I don't want to run and tire myself out. So like 95 times in a year, like that that that's a lot of bags. But that said, Victor Scott, the hitter, like don't sleep. He 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 can hit the ball sneaky hard, uh, and he's puts bat on ball, and he's got a pretty good approach. I I think this is going to be an opportunity for him to prove that he's not just like the Shane's no 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 shade, not the Shane Sasaki, just like. I'm all about the stolen bases or even an as Nunez to a degree. I know he's got the glove like, Hey, yeah. I've got a bat to go with this too. And, and I think that's going to be a really you know fun aspect to, to try to follow of all the names. I mean, this is a good crop here. I think I've got to be most excited to see more TK Roby. That fastball is, is electric. And we saw that as he came back and uh, especially what, when he was traded over to the Cardinals and healthy off of that shoulder issue. I mean, he was dominant. It's 96 miles an hour on the heater with 20 inches of vert from a low release point, just jumping hammer curveball, good slider. Good. Like this guy could be a middle rotation arm at the highest level. And he's just got to, you know, compile more innings because he was hurt. So just another one of those classic examples for a pitcher. And then Jerpy's interesting. Why do you think they sent Jerpy here? Is it to, to kind of figure out where he stands? I mean, again, another guy that had injuries. So I guess it's just innings. He went down at the end of May. And then came back very briefly in September. So I guess yeah. it's innings and figure out where to assign him because he was mostly in high A. He was missing bats, but he's deception over stuff. So I'm interested interested to see how it plays against some pretty good lineups here. So I'm a sucker for Jerpy. And in 22, when he went, I was thinking that this guy could be the first of the big leagues in that draft. Uh, turned out to be Zach Neto, whatever. But... um I do think that Jerpy can get there quick. And I think that Jerpy can actually factor into the, what, what the Cardinals are trying to do in the starting rotation next season. So I think they may be trying to validate that thought as well. I think they said, Hey, we got the highest floor college arm that is deceptive, comes from the left side, comes from a borderline sidearm slot. If you don't want to call it sidearm, you can go really low three quarters. Sure. But, dude, I mean, like, he's got this stuff to miss bats in the big leagues, I think, and the deception to miss bats in the big leagues. The stuff isn't as good as the deception, but it's good enough to get it done. And I think that they may think that. And we'll see, because, like, obviously, they're in panic mode. Yeah. Dude, like, what are they going to do in the rotation? I yeah. think they sign Sonny Gray or Aaron Nola. I do think they sign one of those two. But you got four other spots to fill. I'm with you. And then, and, and that's, I think going to kind of help them figure out where, what his timelines like, cause if he struggles out there, it's like, okay, he's not a consideration for potentially getting yeah. called up next year. So just then we look elsewhere. We look for cheap free agents. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Crooks, sneaky, good catcher, man. He puts bat on ball. He's a decent defender. He's got you know above average power. He had a nice season this year. Uh, I think Crooks is somebody that, I think earned the opportunity to go to the fall league here and, and continue to solidify himself as a legitimate prospect in this system. And then Edwin Nunez, I think just another example here where they're probably just trying to figure out exactly what they've got. 21 year old uh, who had some really nice outings out of the pen and then had some really ugly ones, but the fastball is upper nineties. He can flirt with triple digits, nasty stuff. I think they want to potentially see if they have a, uh, you know, a, a bullpen piece here, but, Fastball is great. He just can't find the secondaries. Less than 50% strike rate on non-fastballs with a 69% strike rate on fastballs. So if he can find that, you know, just even find one of the two secondaries there, he'll be in good shape. And I think he'll be a good big league reliever. So 
I think it, it makes sense for him to be out there. Last team in Scottsdale is Washington, and Washington sends a pretty interesting group as well. They send Israel Pineda behind the plate. They send Trey Lipscomb as an infielder. Bobby Barrels, Robert Hassel is going, and their pitching group, fascinating. DJ Hers, Holden Powell, Orlando Rabalta, Jack Sinclair, Thad Ward. I'll walk you through one by one with the pitchers, and then I want you to spend some time on Hassel and what you're trying to see there and whichever pitchers you want to fill in on. Hers, after the trade, looked freaking dynamite. Hers was shoving in Harrisburg. So DJ Hers, smaller frame left-hander has, would you call it electric stuff? I don't know if it's electric, but it's really good. It's it's, it's so funny you say that. Like, I don't even, it, it like plays like it's electric. I mean, the, the breaking ball is disgusting. I would say he's, yeah. he's funky. I think he's, he's like funky. derpy with better stuff. I would say like, it's, it's a tough release point. I've, I've had guys tell me that it was one of their most uncomfortable at-bats of the year, especially from the left side. So you got hers, who is, I think, the best guy to watch with the Nats. Colin, or, uh, Holden Powell, pardon, is a UCLA kid that climbed like a rocket ship. I mean, he was performing pretty well at each stop. And I think this year it was low A, high A, double, and a cameo in triple. So Powell is a reliever that shot right up. Orlando Rebolta, tall, lanky right-hander that throws mid. The 90s, uh, you got Jack Sinclair, another guy that shot up a bunch of levels. And Thad Ward is a really curious case. The number one overall pick in your 2022 Rule 5 draft is back in the Arizona Fall League. Such a such a lock to go 1-1 that uh, they put the pick. It was the first Rule 5 pick I've ever seen announced before the actual pick was in. Uh, that was absolutely wild. Uh, but yeah, Thad Ward was really frustrating and disappointing this year. Hassel, this is similar to the Benny Montgomery kind of situation now where it's like I, I've, I've loved Hassel for a long time. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's got a little bit more going for him than Benny, but it's kind of yeah. at that point where it's like you can you got to experiment a little bit. You got to tinker and try to find something because the, the, how far off he is right now, it's not it's not an approach thing. It's not a oh, a small tweak thing like there's something that needs to be, you know, kind of overhauled here with Robert Hassel. I still believe he can be a good baseball player. He's still young. Uh, of course, part of that Juan Soto deal. I, I, I'm I'm very fascinated to see him because I'm rooting for him. Friend of the show from, from a while back. He's a great dude. Uh, it's just been hard for him to find it, especially after the trade. He's battled some injuries, and I know that's part of it, but I, I just see an inconsistent swing as well. So we'll see. We'll see how this kind of, you know, how this folly goes for him. I think it could really sway him one way or another here moving forward, but I, I'm glad the nationals decided to send him and it, Trey Lipscomb. Have you seen much of him? No, because this is another system where I do think that there's decent players that just kind of get buried either for the reason that people don't really care about <laughs> these types of prospects in the national right. system. Like this is the kind of guy that if he's in the Yankee system, you hear about like Ben Rice, <laughs> you hear about guys like that. Lipscomb's not quite as good, wasn't quite as productive, but I thought had some really nice stretches this year. Power back and play both corners, uh, flashes some decent EVs, just way too aggressive. So probably trying to work on reining in the approach a bit, but you know, solid prospect in the system. Yeah. Um, all right. It's dark outside for me as we get to the surprise Saguaros. You ready for that? Let's do it. Say it with me, not Saguaro, Saguaro. Saguaro. Um, yeah, so they are comprised of Cincinnati, Kansas City, Texas, Toronto, and Milwaukee. Okay. Cincinnati, they send Michael Troutwine from behind the plate, Austin Callahan, the infielder, 
Jacob Hurtabies, who was one of the better offensive performers in minor league baseball this year. And then on the Hill, they send Bryce Hubbard, Zach Maxwell, Andrew Moore, Javian Sandridge, and Carson Spires. Spires got a big league cameo. Um, his brother, I think, was it brother or cousin? Will Spires, he's related to Will, was the punter at Clemson when Trevor <laughs> Lawrence was the quarterback, uh, which is kind of fun. But uh, his uncle, Bill Spires, was like a 10-year big leaguer. Um, Jacob Hurtabies was an army kid. I think he yeah. was U.S. Military Academy. And I saw him in high and I was like, wow, this guy flies and he's climbed. And oh, by the way, this cat just happened to have a 940 OPS this year to go along with the speed. I think it was part of the reason why they were OK with, you know, just option DFAing Siani, you know, and, and, and letting him get claimed elsewhere because her to be seems like he's a better offensive version of that. Uh I haven't seen him go get it much in the outfield. I don't know if you got a chance to see him go get it. Yeah, much out right. He was great. Like he's fast as shit and he's a military kid with a military mindset. Like, you know, he's going to be an amazing outfielder. Yeah. You think so? I yeah, think so. I, I haven't seen him. That's why I was asking you. I know you got a, a yeah. better look at him. So the EVs are like incredibly low in, incredibly low. So that's the fascinating aspect yeah. of it. But I don't think it's because it's, he's incapable of hitting for, for some power. Like there's guys with a 90th percentile around his that have a max of like, like he has a similar 90th percentile exit velocity as Xavier Edwards. The difference is <laughs> he flashes 107s, 108s. Herdebees is such a frantic and unique player that he's just trying to play fungo sometimes, like just throw his hands at the baseball and run. So the EVs are going to be a little bit weird. He's going to have a lot of infield hits. He's just going to be a guy that over overperforms basically any metric that you can imagine. So I think from that lens, always going to be a dude that overperforms the the metrics because he's going to outrun balls with low expected batting averages. He knows that he's going to put the bat on ball, 87% zone contact rate, 14% chase rate. He's just going to ground out or grind out ABs and pitchers are going to hate facing him. So if he plays good defense, I think he's just an outlier type player. I think the Reds are trying to figure out here if they've got their fourth outfielder for next year. So uh, I think that's a really fun player. Austin Callahan's a guy that's just perpetually been hurt. So always good to get him some yeah. reps. I like his swing. Like it's just, you're just kind of waiting for him to be healthy and be able to cut loose. You, are you a Bryce Hubbard guy? Remind me. Uh, yeah, sort of, kind of. I think he's fine. I I don't know. It just kind of seems middle of the pack for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. And it was, you know, shortened season for him. Didn't really get stretched out very much. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he does. But there's some some decent, you know, depth type players here that get sent out. Andrew Moore, I believe, was one of the the, the final piece in that in that deal for uh, Luis Castillo. Has some interesting, you know, outlier type shapes to his to his pitches. So, you know, that could be you know, a guy that ends up being a bullpen piece. Yeah. Uh, Hubbard, a guy that like. I don't know when I think when I think the Florida State kids, he's not really the one that jumps out. Like Messick is just the guy that I've attached myself to, and I'm like, yes. okay, like Guardians really good. Like let's just roll with that. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, jumping to uh, we've got Kansas City next. Uh, Nick Lofton and Peyton Wilson, along with Gavin Cross, are the hitters that they send. They also send Eric Sarantola, Ryland Kaufman, Jacob Wallace, Beck Way, and Angel Serpa. Serpa has big league experience. The bats are intriguing, and they're all 
upper level minors, except Cross, I guess, although Cross feels like a triple A bat already. I know he got off to a really slow start in high A this year. Um, Lofton was dealing with injury for a little bit, right? Lofton has, I don't know, kind of this all around game, but nothing really jumps off the page to me. Like, I really don't know if there's a 60 grade tool here. I think it's just 50s and 55s. Um, And then Cross, man, where do you stand on Cross? Because obviously this guy's a physical specimen, but he was punching out a lot in the early goings. Yeah, I've been kind of out since the draft. I I just there's the swing. There's just too much zone whiff. I think there's too many moving parts. I just don't think he's going to be able to make enough contact. And then early going, it was more of the same. You're right. He's a physical freak. He can run into baseballs. He moves really well for a big guy. I want to like the profile so much, but I just... I can't buy into the swing and I can't buy into the the underlying data. Um, He's 22. So he's still younger for a college guy like that already has a couple iffy years under his belt and you could, could figure things out. And if he does, it'll be scary, but it's just been really frustrating. And, and I'm, I'm very concerned about him. He's definitely a guy I've been lower on. Well, often I think you hit the nail on the head. Nothing jumps off the page, but you know what? He puts bat on ball. He's, Sneaky, you know, and and almost every I would say sneaky is the word across the board. Like sneaky power, fifteen home runs, sneaky speed. Like he'll he'll surprise you and and steal a bag or or go get it. And versatility. I think this is a really solid utility player at the highest level. He played pretty much every position on the diamond uh, last year. So I like Lofton a lot. I think this is an instance for him as like, hey, could this guy kind of break camp with us next year if he performs well? I think he's a candidate that could break camp for them next year. Uh, who else did you have on there? Sorry. Uh, we've got some pitchers here. Eric Sarantola, Ryland Kaufman. Uh, you've got Jacob Wallace, Beckway, and Angel Serpa. Beckway was one of the guys that came over in the Benintendi deal from yeah. New York last deadline. Yeah, Way's had some nice stretches. Uh, a guy that I saw on the Cape, and you know, uh, he's got a good arm. Uh, mid-90s fastball, pretty good stuff, but just kind of hit a wall last year. So could be a big league reliever. Obviously, he's trying to find something there. There's there's some intrigue there with with the cutter slider combination and a mid ninety sinker, but he's got to find the command. Yeah. Um, all right, we got three more teams. I think we got to get through Milwaukee, Texas, okay. and Toronto here. Milwaukee, uh, friend of the Just Baseball Network, Eric Brown Jr. is there along with Wes Clark. Henry Mendez is an outfielder repping the Brewers, and then you got Joseph Hernandez, Justin King, Adam Seminaris, Shane Smith, and Justin Yeager. Yeager and Seminaris are the two big names on the Hill. Eric Brown Jr., man. This guy has put together good years yep. over the last yep. two. And um, I'm I'm excited for you guys to connect when you're out in Arizona. Such a good guy. J- jumped on uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, our, our podcast uh, that really focuses on the mental side of the game and mental health and, and so many different important aspects that don't get talked about enough. And, and Eric Brown was awesome on that. But in terms of his season, I mean, off to a good start, then fractured scap gets back. And, and finishes the year really strong and then finishes the year with you know, an opportunity to play in double A. Uh, and now, of course, classic candidate to make up for lost time in the AFL. One of my favorite things about Brown is unorthodox swing, never cared, makes a lot of contact, starting to tap in a little bit more power. And I think people really sleep on how good the glove is at short. Very underrated defender at short has made so many good plays. I've put some of them out on Twitter. I'll probably make a thread one of these days, but a former first round pick for good reason. He can, he can play. And I think he's a part of their future. Uh, Mendez is 
international free agent that's come with intrigue and a guy that I think they just want to get more reps for. And then Wes Clark was uh, you know, a big power guy in college. Wasn't he a South Carolina dude? I think so. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, we'll just kind of try to figure out where he fits in, I guess, kind of thing. And then Seminaris, I'm not that excited about. Jaeger came over and what was it, that a trade with the Braves, right? Or was it was it the three-team trade with the Braves? I think, he came I think Jaeger was a three-team deal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, these are just kind of classic AFL arms. Got you. Um, all right, two more. We've got, let's see, Texas now. Their pitching crop is fascinating. They do send Liam Hicks, a catcher. Cam Cawley also goes, an infielder. Uh, two outfielders, Abimelech Ortiz and Alejandro Osuna. And their pitching group, Mitch Bratt of World Baseball Classic fame. Anthony Hoopy Tuayo Natoa. That was I sick. think. Thank you. Zach Kent, Justin Slater, and Emiliano Teodo uh, are going. Bratt is fascinating. Because like, hey, he's got intrigue, man. And I think you're going to have some people turn on the Fall Stars game if he's lucky and be like, oh, that, that's the kid that didn't make it out of the first inning against the States. He's a lot better than that. Trust me. He's a good pitcher. And and good he pitcher. had a, a pretty last time I checked, he had a pretty nice season. I know he had some nice some nice stretches. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, he did deal with some injuries. And I think that might have you know kept him a little bit short this year. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at high A. A three five four ERA, seventy three punchy, seventeen walks. Like, give me that from the left handed, you know, side of the bump, and and a guy that's still very young. He just turned twenty. Uh, Brad's a legitimate pitching prospect, like a very legitimate pitching prospect. So, uh, I, and then we we emphasized that after he couldn't get Team USA out. <laughs> like, oh, oh no, um, at, at nineteen years old, you poor thing. Abimelech or Ortiz is is probably the guy that a lot of people are are eager to see. I mean, he was one of the best mashers in minor league baseball this year. He was just an, a machine. Hit 33 homers. There's whiff, but he, he hits the ball in the air. Big pull side juice from the left side. Like, let's see what we've got here. Let's see if he's more... Uh, <laughs> What was what was the name that... Uh, who was the guy that I kept asking you every single time before buying in? Was it Malcolm Nunez? Was there, are you no, it wasn't Malcolm Nunez. It was Moises Gomez. Oh, is everybody buying into Moises Gomez? Yeah, let's see if he's more Moises Gomez or if he's more of a guy that, you know, you can actually pencil into the future at first base. He's still just 21, and so it was a pretty exciting season from him. I don't want to take the victory lap because, like, it sucks and we want all these guys to do well, but what what was my answer when you said, are you in on Moises Gomez yet? He said no, even after he hit, I think, 40 home runs. Just like, no. I yeah, can't. well, he had 39. He didn't get to 40. If he got to 40, then I would have bought in. But he hit 39. Okay. Isn't it amazing how the game just has a way of of kind of sorting itself out? And proving me right? Always. 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 I'm Collie's, you know, fine infielder. Um, you know, some, some more whiff than you'd like to see from that profile. Uh, but... Had a decent year at high A. I like Toronto's oh. group a lot. Oh, sorry. I forgot Alejandro Ozuna, another guy that yeah. he gets it off. <laughs> he gets it off. Uh, he can get some, he takes some big hacks. And that's the brother of Roberto Ozuna. Um, he's had some stretches with, with some impressive power. Uh, but last year I was kind of expecting a little bit more age 20 season. Didn't do as much as I thought, especially in the power department, only five home runs for a guy that, Flashes some exciting EVs, but pretty sure he was banged up and, you know, has a chance to make up for some lost time. Got you. Um, fascinating group of Toronto to wrap. 
I love this guy. Damiano Palmajani is going. Uh, also, Desan Brown and Will Robertson. Desan Brown fast as hell. Palmajani can hit the crap out of the ball, man. I'm in on this guy. And their pitching group: Connor Larkin, Trent Palmer, Fitz Stadler, Ricky Tiedemann, and CJ Van Eck. Tiedemann is the headliner here. Tiedemann is the one that I know you're tuning into every single one of his starts. Consensus top fifty. At this point, like, I don't know. Obviously, Harrison still has prospect status. He's a big leaguer, so there's the edge for Kyle Harrison. And I think the unknown is a little bit of an edge for Tiedemann, but I I have no doubt that Tiedemann's the best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball at this point. Where do you stand on that? I'm going to cop out. A healthy Ricky Tiedemann is by far the best left-handed okay. pitching prospect in baseball to me. Fine. Yeah. Um, that's, that's where I'm at on it. It's, I can't figure out what his arm is like there. I'm really concerned. Like they're just because there's so many different things that have seemed to flare up, but when off of sheer talent and stuff, give me Tiedemann. And, and when he's healthy, he was around the zone a, a fair amount, or at least a little bit more than, you know, you get from Kyle Harrison. So I'm with you there. I think and when healthy, he's dominant and I'm, I'm hoping to see him healthy, you know, for most of this year. Go ahead. Almajani. That's Can we just sing else. that guy's praises for a moment, man? Like I watched him over a week and it was his first taste of triple A ball. You texted and, me immediately. Dude. He, and like, I, I saw it because we were doing, I think a heat sheet in May. And I was like, all right, this is a fun name. And it, it goes beyond the fun name. Cause I was like, wow, you know, he's, he's a 900 OPS guy. He's flirting with 300, 400, 500 in the early goings. He gets to triple A and that dude's, first triple a game he put together four or five plate appearances that i like walked away and said he was so ridiculously comfortable in the box at that point he's a big strong man and if you're that comfortable if you look that mechanically sound and emotionally in tune during every single pitch i'm bought in and damiano palmajani man he might be cut from that davis schneider spencer horowitz cloth where they're going to get on base they're going to hit for enough juice and they're going to be Toronto Blue Jays at a certain point. 20% chase, to your point. Very comfortable at-bats. 106 mile per hour, 90th percentile. And average contact rates, sign me up. Especially, and you mentioned David Schneider. What does David Schneider do? He lifts. He hits the ball in the air. Damiano Palmegiani, only a 35% ground ball rate. like that. So it's, it's a very similar profile. And it's a really fun player that I, he's going to hit some nukes out there. Yep. So I think, I think you hit the nail on the head on, on all of that. Is there anyone else with the Jays before we wrap up that we wanted to hit on? Uh, Stadler six, eight, that's fun, but he's 26. Uh, CJ Van Eck. You got anything on CJ Van Eck? He's a Brown. He's yeah. The FS. Yeah. He, was, uh, he had some nice yeah. stretches. I think this year, I don't have a ton on him. I know people were expecting more from him, you know, when he was coming out of college, but hurt most of this year, uh, came back at the end of the year was, in his final start, finally got the fastball back up to 93. So we'll see. We'll see how he does out there. He's, he has a chance to be a depth arm. Uh, I think he's talented enough, but it's just been you know, a little bit rough for him injury wise. And then Brown, it's just I just don't think he's going to hit enough. He, yeah, he's fast. Like, that's great. He's fast and can play defense. But if you can't hit, you can't hit. And I think that's the concern there. Yep. So 
I think we flew through it. as many as we could. I'm sorry if we, we missed anybody or didn't have enough on certain guys, but it's it's a lot of players and at a lot of levels and in a lot of different places. But uh, we hope we got you amped up and ready to go for the Arizona Fall League. We will be out there, not Jack, unless he surprises me uh, in surprise. But we will be out there, myself and Will Cohen and and our video guy and, and a, a bunch of other you know player interviews, things like that. We'll be doing some stuff with players very excited for that at the end of the month uh, and into the fall star game so so look out for that uh we're going to continue to cover it all all i guess november october november long until it's over i uh, and keep you briefed on just baseball.com with all the coverage for the playoffs and everything in between and look out for a prospect update uh for the top 100 list and then team top prospect list starting to churn out here uh, as the off season starts to kick in which i'm looking forward to as well Again, that link to the Jackson Job piece is in the episode description. As always, thank you for listening. We'll talk prospects with you again this week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.